Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this January 25th, 2023 regular meeting. I'd like to ask Mayor Pro Tem Gamble to leave some Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. Roll call, please. Mayor Holloway. Here. Mayor Pro Tem Gamble. Here. Councilmember Beal. Here. Councilmember Figueroa. Here. Councilmember Maker. Here. Thank you. Item one, presentations and proclamations. One one, the Rancho Santa Margarita Chamber of or Commerce. Uh, come on up, please. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening, Mayor. And council members, I'm Nicole Stanfield, president-elect RSM Chamber of Commerce, and I'm gonna give you a quick update on what our 2023 looks like. But before I get started, I'd first like to thank all of you and your team for your continued partnership. You guys really are amazing at your support and continued partnership year after year, so we really appreciate that. Uh, we've kicked off the year 2023 with our partner summit, which brings together some key organizations here in the city to share calendars, talk resources, volunteers, and so we have a cohesive calendar here uh, with all of our city partners. Um, talk about some of the key events and we get together, put it all on one calendar and then we host it on the Chamber website so that the public can see it and we can all share resources. Uh, we're also looking at how we can develop some sort of volunteer base. Lots of people need volunteers throughout the city. I'm um, looking at having one spot where people to come, come to find where can I volunteer in the city? Can I do RSM Cares food pantry? Can I do a trash pickup? Um, can I RS Rancho Family Fest? How can I participate in some of these key events? Um, so we just had that meeting a few weeks ago and we're putting that calendar together. It will live on our site and then we have our next meeting uh, at the end of May to talk about how things are going, what's coming for summer. We all know summer's pretty busy around town. Um, so we wanna make sure that everyone can work together and have that. Uh, we also have done two ribbon cuttings, Exer Urgent Care, which is the newest urgent care here in town over by Lowe's and Candy Fitness as well. So those events have gone fairly well. Uh, we also would like to thank you, uh, Mayor, for your participation in our meeting last week. I know it seems small, but you were so actively engaged in giving us input and ideas and willing to come to the table and help do some of that work. And we, we truly appreciated that. Um, all of us talked about how great that was. So thank you very much. Um, and I thank forgot, you. Mayor Pro Tem, thank you so much for participating in the Partner Summit oh, and your pleasure. staff as well. So we mm -hmm. really appreciate that. Um, 2023 is an exciting year. Uh, we'll kick it off with our newest Assemblywoman, uh, Kate Sanchez, will actually be hosting her first ever public event here, right here in our city, in RSM, uh, with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we will have her event at T. Harris Creek on February 24th, and we're expecting a sold out event on that. Um, we're already getting really strong support, so we look forward to seeing all of you there. Uh, I have a list of some of the events I'll leave with Amy, so if you're interested in seeing them, I just wanna highlight a few of the key ones for you. Um, April 12th, we have our round table luncheon with Mr. Mayor. May 18th, we have a quad chamber mixer. We hear over and over again that doing tri and quad chamber mixers is really, everyone really enjoys that. Our membership enjoys that. Um, so we're gonna continue to try and partner with cities who are around us to do larger networking opportunities. So people have opportunities to go outside um, other organizations. 
And then October 7th and 8th is our Rancho Family Fest, our big two-day event. So we're looking forward to blowing that out even larger this year than before. Um, but other events are here on this calendar, and I'll leave those with Amy. Uh, quick membership update. We have 146 members. Six of those have just joined this month, and two of which are President Circle. Um, President Circle is fairly new for us just in this last year or two, and we're really looking to grow that membership of local businesses here at RSM. And we're strategically looking at uh, increasing our membership by 10% this year. So that's kind of a high level overview. Uh, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have, but again, thanks for your continued partnership. Thank you both for coming on tonight. The, uh, the membership of the chamber has grown substantially over the last year. What, could you address that for just a second, um, how that's increased in the last year or two years? We've strategically built a really strong board. Um, we, you know, Many of you know, years ago, the chamber um, wasn't what it is today, and we focused on our members. And it was small things, like reaching out. All business owners know this, right? You've got to be in touch with your customers. It, we weren't following up with customers. And so we brought in some great people, a great board, um, and some great team members to help us make sure that we're constantly following up, that we're having faces out there in the community, shaking hands. Um, it hasn't just happened by happenstance. We've looked at the website, we've looked at social media, we've put more into the marketing of social media and what our members want and how do we uh, push their content on social media. Uh, having a really strong board is one of the key and some good leadership. Thank you so much. Any questions or comments? No. We're with you all the way. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for being here. Keep up the good work. Mm -hmm. All right, in 1.2, certificates of recognition. We have a lot of wonderful people to recognize tonight. I'd ask, like to ask the mayor pro tem to join me. This is the first evening and start of our student recognition program that we started a number of years ago where we recognize uh, students chosen by the faculty and staff of all of our public and private schools in the city. And tonight we are proud to have two schools here tonight, uh, two students from Sarah Catholic and two students from Tejeras Creek Elementary School. I'd like to invite up the staff some of the staff from uh, Sarah Catholic, Principal Mrs. Reese, and any other school staff that might be here, please come on up. Thank you, thank you. That's the kind of support you have. First student we're going to invite up is Mackenzie Hakimi. Mackenzie, come on up. Let's hear it from Mackenzie. We're going to talk about Mackenzie a little bit. Don't be embarrassed. Mackenzie is an eighth grade student and has been selected for recognition by the staff at Sarah Catholic School. 
Mackenzie is described as an incredible young woman who is kind, caring, and dedicated to her studies. Mackenzie participates in numerous extracurricular activities on campus. She's a member of the Student Council, maybe up here someday, <laughs> serving as this year's president. She's a crew member of Sarah Vision, St. Sarah's morning broadcast show, and campus ministry. Outside of school, Mackenzie is a teen volunteer with Lion's Heart, a nonprofit connecting teens with volunteer opportunities in the community. And Mackenzie is the oldest of four children and clearly loves and adores her younger siblings. I, are they here? Wave your hand. Right there, there's the younger sibling that she adores. Overall, Mackenzie is a wonderful student in person and person as a prime example of a Sarah student. Now, on behalf of the city council, the city staff, and all the residents of this city, we'd like to congratulate you on receiving this recognition. Let's hear it. Which one can I get to speak? We'll get pictures. Yeah, would you talk a little bit about it? Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. Hi, everybody. I'm Elena Stokes. I'm the assistant principal of the middle school at Sarah Catholic. So, Mackenzie Hakimi, I, I mean, we can say what we can about her in paper, but unless you know her, um, you don't really know her. She's got just an incredible heart, which is not surprising by any stretch of the imagination, just because of her amazing family and the dedication that her family gives to St. Sarah. We're blessed to have all four kids at our school. Um, she's an incredible example of what our pillars are um, for our school and for our faith. Um, she's just an incredible example. So we're so grateful to honor her in this capacity. So thank you. Congratulations, Ken's. Thank you. Family, come on up. We'll get some quick pictures. Everybody, all those love siblings, come on up. Our second student from Sarah is Grayson Bazornia. Grayson? Did I, I mispronounced that, didn't I? I'm so sorry. Come on up, Grayson. Let's hear it for Grayson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Grayson is a second grade student and has been selected for recognition by the staff of Sarah Catholic. Grayson is a wonderful student who is always offering to help his teachers and classmates. Grayson has a kind and thoughtful heart and is extremely Christ-like in all he says and does. Grayson reminds us every day that kind and polite words go a long way. So now, Grayson, on behalf of the city staff, the city council, your, the school staff, and all the people who live in Rancho Santa Margarita, we want to congratulate you on this honor. Congratulations, buddy. So one of the goals at Sarah Catholic School is by the time you're in eighth grade, we want you to be like Jesus, but you're only in second grade, and you've already figured that out, and you know how to do that and show people that every day, and we are so proud of you. Thank you. Family, come on up, come on up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's pretty cute, huh? Okay, to Harris Creek Elementary School, I'd like to invite up Principal Andrew Klinkenberg and anybody else. I think we have uh, uh, Terrence Snodgrass, too, as well. Anybody from the school, come on up. Just me. All right, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. We're going to recognize two students tonight from to Harris Creek. I'd like to invite up Maya Nabi. Maya, come on up. Let's hear it. Maya is a fifth grade student and has been selected for recognition by the staff at the Harris Creek Elementary School. Maya is an exceptional student who excels academically, especially in math. 
I'm sure most people out here didn't like math in school, so you are the exception for sure. During math lessons, Maya seeks additional challenges and is quick to help others build their understanding in math. Maya is also involved in several extracurricular activities. She is a student ambassador, a member of the Associative, Associative Student Body, earns lead roles in school plays, and has sung the national anthem at assemblies. Wow. Maya is an extremely positive, energetic, and fun personality, which adds to the social and emotional culture of the school. Maya, on behalf of the city council, the city staff, your school staff, and all the residents of this city, we'd like to congratulate you on this achievement. Congratulations. Can I get you to say a few words, sir? Sure. It, at at uh, to Harris Creek, we are a school of uh, transitional kindergarten to fifth grade. And we are always looking for those positive role models, those people that can kind of set apart and show those younger kiddos, hey, how are you supposed to act? And right here is a great role model. So we have a person that uh, is an ambassador, is caring and giving, does it? I don't know if you've seen that smile yet. She's got a great smile, and it really, uh, it really lights up a room, and we're very happy to have her to be part of our, our school uh, our program and uh, all that she does. So congratulations, Maya. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. Pictures, pictures. Come on up. Come on up the family for some pictures. Come on up. Last but not least, I'd like to bring up Ryan Jentz. Ryan? Ryland, I'm sorry. So sorry. Ryland, come on up. My fault. Let's hear it for Ryland. Ryland is a fifth grade student and has been selected for recognition by the staff at the Harris Creek Elementary. Ryland is a model student who excels academically, receiving good grades. Ryland is a thoughtful young man who always shows kindness to his peers and staff. Ryland is a member of Teharis Creek's Student Ambassador Program, where he help, helps usher students out from cars, keep the campus clean, set up the playground area, and mentor young students. Does a very good job at that. We have nods to the head. Yes, we do. On behalf of the city council, 
the city staff, and all the residents of Rancho Santa Margarita, along with your staff at school, we'd like to congratulate you on being such a fine gentleman and this award. Congratulations, Ryland. So when we talk, hello. Okay. When we talk at Harris Creek, there's three really uh, strong uh, goals that we look for. We look to be responsible, we look to be respectful, and we look to be kind. And my friend, Mr. Ryland here, is all three of those. Again, like I, when we say we talk about role models and kids looking up to, hey, how are we supposed to act and how are we supposed to be? They look at Ryland and Maya, and they really are able to see great modeling. And outside of that, he's really kind and nice. So if, man, he must be a good big brother, little brother, he just, uh, he does it all. So uh, yeah, we're very happy also to have him part of our school faculty, or uh, school team. So congratulations. Can we get a photo of all you guys? So let's, parents come on up, let's get a photo and then of Ryland and then let's, can we get one of Ryland and Maya and the whole family? Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody's uh, going back to their seats. So I want to say these, these, these kids that you've seen tonight, outstanding students, our future, we're in good hands. We also want a round of applause for all these school administrators and teachers that are here. Please. It, it, it takes a village, and, and they're really doing that. So thanks, all of you, for being here. Thank you very much. There's extra credit if you guys stay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Item 1.3. 2022 Employee Recognition and Appreciation. I'd like to invite forward our city manager, Jennifer Cervantes, and Lisa Gracie, come on up. She's our Employee of the Year. Lisa, come on up. It's not easy to get employee there. We have an outstanding staff here. This is, this is exceptional. The uh, City of Rancho Santa Maria's Employee Recognition Program recognizes employees who demonstrate outstanding service, performance, professionalism, and a positive attitude that makes Rancho Santa Margarita a premier municipality. 
Lisa was hired as a permit technician in January 2015 and consistently performs her duties with enthusiasm and professionalism while providing excellent customer service. Lisa is a valuable team member in the Development Services Department and manages a high volume of work while creating a positive work environment for other staff. As a first point of contact between the city and its residents and businesses, Lisa always leads by example and is knowledgeable, courteous, and respectful. Whereas permit technician work has increased significantly in the last couple of years, Lisa demonstrates organizational prowess and timeliness as she works effectively to process and track permits. Lisa's expert knowledge in unique issues related to building permits, public records requests, and plan checks are an incredible asset to the city. Lisa's customers, many of whom do business in other cities, describe Lisa as most welcoming and proficient permit technician that they have ever encountered. Her coworkers describe Lisa as being friendly, efficient, and supportive. She is consistently professional and always willing to lend a helping hand to her colleagues. The City Council wishes to recognize and commend Lisa for her dependability, professionalism, excellence in customer service, and dedication to her role. Now, on behalf of the City Council, the City staff, and the residents of this fine city, we'd like to congratulate you on being the 2022 Employee of the Year. Congratulations, Lisa. I'd like the city manager to say a few words. Thank you very much, Mayor Holloway. Lisa actually has been with the city for 16 years. I know that she was hired, and the, res the proclamation says 2015. She worked through our contract building and safety uh, provider before that as the permit te technician. So she has been here for 16 years, and we just uh, love having her as an employee and as a partner and a team member <clears throat> here at the city. I would say one thing that, that most people don't know about our employee recognition program is it's actually employee driven. So it's not a supervisor, it's, it's, it's her peers that have decided that uh, she provided such great service throughout the year, not just to the members of the public, but to each other and has been quite supportive. Um, and we've had changes over the last couple of years with everything that we, we've been dealing with as many organizations have, and she's just been a rock and solid and just always providing that, that you know, personal touch, that customer service. One final thing that I would say about Lisa that is just a tribute to, to her professionalism and her work ethic is we occasionally get comments and accolades from contractors and other building professionals throughout the county and the region. And they, when they comment, they always say how wonderful it is to work with Rancho Santa Margarita and our building team here, but my, primarily because of Lisa and the service that she provides. And that's golden. And we, we have, I think, the very best building and safety uh, and development services department, and in part because of, of Lisa's dedication and service. So thank you so much for everything that you've done for the city and for just being a wonderful uh, team member for us here. And, and we can't wait to have many more years of, of service with you. Thank you. Come on up for pictures.
And I have to sound a little friendlier. Bob Good, this is Drift Francisco. Yeah, I don't think they want me to take it, but I appreciate it. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. You're most welcome. Gracious Thank you so much. I think that's yours. No, let's trade. You're not sparkly, are you? No, I'm not sparkly. <laughs> All right, item two, schedule of future events. We have nothing to announce this evening, thank you. Thank you, item three, public comments. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the time to address the city council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person and a time limit of 15 minutes for this segment of the public comments portion of the agenda. We have a number of public comments tonight. I'd like to first read the, uh, uh, we have an e-comment that came through from Kevin Shaw, who uh, expresses feelings about um, some of the recent mass killings around the country and asks that the city council uh, do what they can to get involved with helping in that situation. 
All right, we have some public speakers here tonight. I'd like to call up Juan Gonzalez. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, Madam Mayor, uh, City Council members, Juan Gonzalez, SoCal Gas, Public Affairs Manager. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be before you this evening. First and foremost, let me initiate by uh, congratulating the re-elected members of council. I'm happy to see that the dream team here in Rancho Santa Margarita continues to be together. Um, I speak very highly of this um, council. I, as you may all know, my job is to go out at various locations throughout South County as a representative of SoCal Gas. And by far, this council is just does fantastic work. So again, congratulations, and I look forward to working with all of you in areas of mutual interest. So the purpose of my visit this evening is to inform and share with you the information regarding what a lot of you and a lot of your residents have seen the last this past month in relation to our gas bills. So, uh, you know, we're here reaching out to inform customers that our natural gas prices are going to be even higher, as, as much of you have seen here in this month of January, due to several unprecedented factors beyond our control. Customers may see winter natural gas bills doubler or higher compared to a year ago. The high bills are a result of historically high natural gas prices in the western United States. SoCal Gas doesn't set the price for natural gas. Instead, natural gas prices are determined by national and regional markets. SoCal Gas buys natural gas in those markets on behalf of residential and small business customers, and the cost of buying that gas is billed to those customers with no markup, meaning SoCal Gas does not profit from gas commodity prices going up. According to U.S. Energy uh, Information Administration, a number of factors are contributing to higher natural gas commodity prices. Widespread low, below normal temperatures on much of the West Coast, including Washington and Oregon. High natural gas demand for heating by customers in areas with below normal temperatures. Reduced gas supplies to the West Coast from Canada and the Rocky Mountains. Reduced interstate pipeline capacity to the West Coast because of pipeline maintenance activities in West Texas and low natural gas storage levels on the West Coast. To help our customers reduce energy bills, we encourage them to do the following. Lowering their thermostat three to five degrees, health permitting. Installing proper caulking and weather stripping. This could save roughly anywhere between 10 to 15% on heating and cooling bills. Wash clothes in cold water. Reduce temperatures in their water heater, lowering temperatures on a water heater or setting it at 120 degrees can save up to 22% in energy costs. Limit the use of non-essential natural gas appliances such as spas, pool heaters, and fireplaces. For more information, uh, please visit our website, socalgas.com forward slash managing higher bills. We also offer several ways to help income qualified customers through our bill assistance and forgiveness program, home improvement assistance, and the level paying program. In addition, I'm happy to report that SoCal Gas recently announced a $1 million contribution to the gas assistance fund a program that helps income-qualified customers pay their natural gas bills. To learn more, visit our www.socalgas.com forward slash assistance. And also to share with your members of your community, if anybody is having difficulty paying their gas bill, please do not hesitate to call our customer service number. We can make payment arrangements. We understand and know times are very difficult, but if you're having difficult paying your gas bill, please call our 800-427-2200. 800-427-2200. Again, to make a payment arrangement. And I'd be happy to share any additional information with the city manager to be able to send the information in, in your social media. So thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Some very valuable information. We appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, uh, next speaker, Henny Abraham.
Good evening, Mr. Mayor and members of the council. My name is Henny Abraham. I have the privilege of being the Iranian-American engagement director for the Republican Party of Orange County. However, today I stand in front of you as a privileged 36-year-old 36, 36 free American woman who was lucky enough to leave Iran at the age of 14. As many of you have known from the news, my country has been going through a revolution since the death of Mahsa Amini on September 23rd in the hands of the morality police. My first encounter with the morality police was at the age of 12, when I shaved my head in the protest of wearing the mandatory hair covering. And I was stopped by the morality police and I was told that if I don't cover my non-existing hair that I would be taken to jail. Standing here watching these beautiful children tonight brought back so many memories for me that if I wasn't lucky enough to leave that country, I wouldn't be standing here in front of you and advocating for my brothers and sisters in Iran. On, on October 16, I took the initiative of emailing 20 cities out of the 34 cities in Orange County, your city being one of them, with the highest Iranian constituents in them. And I asked that they pass a resolution condemning the Islamic Republic of Iran and to stand in solidarity with the Iranian constituents of their city. I am happy to report that 12 cities have already passed this resolution, including your sister city of Mission Viejo and Laguna Niguel. And I'm here to kindly ask you to do the same on your next meeting on February 8th. If you need a copy of the resolution, I'll be more than happy to provide it to you. But I'm asking you to stand in solidarity with all these people. This is only a fraction of us. But we need this because Orange County is the second largest Iranian body in all of the United States. We are second to um, West LA in the Valley. And you know how valuable our business is and how valuable our um, intellect is to your city and all the cities in Orange County. As a mother to a three-year-old and eight-year-old, I am asking you to please stand in solidarity with us because the youngest child that has been jailed is three years old sitting in a prison in Iran. And the youngest that's been killed in the hands of these terrorists is 10. So I'm asking you to show your support by passing this resolution. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> the next speaker, I, I want to pronounce this correctly, Pez Pesmin? I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. We get it wrong too often. <laughs> <laughs> I love to make face-to-face -face contact, but since it's a long speech that I've not memorized, here we go. Um, <clears throat> Semper Fidelis. For those who know this, means forever faithful. Hello and good evening. My name is Pejman Gyasi, and I'm a half-American, half-Iranian citizen of Southern California. I have served this country in full honor as a United States Marine. Being so, it is my duty to always protect and defend all innocents in this world, as it is my pride and joy as an American to do so, even at the cost of my life. However, I confess that these days, I have never been more embarrassed to call myself an American. I'm here today because the once pride I took so much in this glorious country has been replaced with a storm of shame and guilt. So I will step up once more today and fight for justice, and this time again to my last breath if necessary. I must now mention that I am truly devastated by the fact that those in higher positions and power have forgotten the beautiful gift of humanity and the rightful duty while privilege and money has blinded their nostrils to the smell of bloodshed 
in ways I'm unable to even fathom. Dear council members, you on the other hand, live a more normal life like us day-to-day -day civilians, and I'm certain you can empathize in a much more level of depth. All you need is just to remember you were all once young children, teenagers full of dreams and flaming passion for life. But now many in the same position have perished for the crime of wanting the same rights as you and I. As far as myself, my next step is to call upon my brothers and sisters who have served alongside me in the United States Marine Corps, who will gladly have their brothers back and begin to pressure our representatives all throughout this nation. And trust me, when we Marines want something done, it shall be done. For you though, I plead you today to take a further step rather than just condemning the Islamic Republic. Yet I demand that you demand those, higher, those in higher power to take actions and make certain at all costs their assets are frozen, then expel all of them and those who are connected to them. Caught all ties with this cruel regime. This means even organizations such as NIAC. We're asking also that you adapt the newly resolution which will condemn the Islamic Republic like all your other city sisters, such as Laguna Niguel and other 10 cities in Orange County, which have shown their support for the Iranian community. Please encourage all countries to do so. List them as a terrorist organization. And finally, we want pressure on the Massa Act Bill, because the Islamic regime is not only a threat in Iran, yet the entire living beings on this planet. As the nuclear weapons and chance of death to America and death to Israel speaks for itself. Ultimately, I would like to thank Hankama Ibrahim for her countless efforts and hard work in bringing amongst unity to all the Iranian community. Thank you, Mayor and fellow council members. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Next speaker is Kamir Nazem. Hopefully I did okay with that one. As you can see, I'm wearing an Applied shirt. I am an employer or an employee here at Applied, which is the largest employer in Rancho Santa Margarita. We do have a great number of Iranian Americans that work with us. I am here asking you at your next meeting when you can pass the resolution to condemn the Islamic regime of Iran to do so. On behalf of myself and the Iranians that work in this community and live in this community. We are asking for this because we need to take steps to remove this regime so that the freedom I've had here since I was eight years old when I immigrated to this country, that people who have not even tasted it can finally have. I got to grow up here, I got to go to public school, I got to make choices of moving cross country from DC to California. Some of my family members are still stuck in the cities they were born because they can't make these decisions because someone up top has decided this is where they're gonna stay for the rest of their lives. So again, I ask you, please at your next meeting, pass the resolution. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Miriam, next speaker, Miriam. Mayor and council members, Hello. thank you so much for listening to us today. Um, I actually, a um, few of us uh, emailed you guys uh, today specifically. We, we, we wanted you to, to just go through all the, the emails to specifically see what we're asking you. Um, I'm sure 
maybe not you know in in um, uh, in social media you don't see it you know in us as much uh, about the news of you know what's happening in iran with the revolution and everything but um uh, you know, as uh, Hengome uh, sent you the email for the resolution, that's what all we want from you, like the other cities that already approved it, unanimously that, you know, to condemn this regime, you know, they've been, um, since, since the last September, there's almost 20,000 people have been jailed, and they have uh, killed about more than 500 people, and executed just last, since last month, four people, you know. And um, we're just, all of us, you know, Iranian Americans, we've been here, we're your constituents, and, you know, we're just asking you, pleading to you guys, you know, to, to do this. This is a small step, bipartisan step, but, you know, we're just, you know, this is a small step. We're just, you know, uh, building up on uh, what we can do for, for our, you know, brothers and sisters in Iran. So passing this resolution for us, it's a huge deal for them in Iran, you know, it's, it's a huge deal. So um, we're just, you know, asking you, please, please to, you know, put it in your, your next meeting and approve it. I appreciate that. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Hedi Fahami. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I could also make eye contact, but I have a really bad memory, so pardon my... Okay. <laughs> my name is Hedi Fahami, and I am an Iranian citizen of this country who was natural, naturalized less than two months ago. Less than two months ago, when I was ca called upon to have an interview opportunity for citizenship in this country, I, I felt honored and grateful. I felt grateful that I would be given protection, my rights, and freedom while being on this soil. However, I couldn't stop thinking about all my brothers and sisters back home who are forced to live under such a tyrannical dictatorship known as the Islamic Republic, stripping them of all forms of freedom, happiness, stability, and their human rights, such as clean water, clean air, and most importantly, their very light right to live. I also couldn't help but to think how we all here tonight, including you council members, are not only given an opportunity to live, but also to live re a relatively normal life with a fair chance at happiness, which we're all deserving of. But while we have become comfortable with our normality and may take it for granted, the Islamic regime has been unleashing one of, one of the history's wor worst terroristic forces, the IR. GC on innocent Iranians, men, women, elderly, and even children for wanting the same. Now, I'm, I may be too young to understand politics, but I know that what they're doing to our brothers and sisters is not okay. I know that until we have this cruelty and terrorism like this in our world, we will never progress no matter how much we want it to. I may not know how countries deal with each other, but I know we cannot let the smell of oil and greed blind us to this injustice. So as someone who was housed in Rancho Santa Margarita as a city, my very first home in this country, as someone who was a student in the schools of this city, I ask you, dear council members, to adopt this resolution into the agenda of your future meeting. 
and condemn the barbaric Islamic Republic and show your support to the Iranian community. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your comments. By, by night, uh, I'm so sorry. How do you pronounce that? Bayana. And your last name? Bikpur. Thank you, thank you. Good evening, Mayor and City Council members. My name is Bayana. As many of you uh, know, it has been more than 130 days from the death of Masa Amini, who was the starter of this revolution. Our lives has been has been turned upside down from the horrific videos and news we are getting from inside of Iran. The Islamic Republic is murdering, imprisoning, or, and now executing innocent, innocent people who are asking for their basic human rights and liberties. We have been trying to be the voice of the less fortunate people who are fighting with their lives in Iran. We are asking this council to adopt a resolution condemning the Islamic Republic of Iran on the agenda for the next public meeting, like your sister city, Laguna Nigel Mission Viejo did. We want to thank Henny Abraham for her perseverance since October on pushing these resolutions. We hope you keep our brothers and sisters in, inside of Iran in your prayers. Your attention to this matter will not go unnoticeable. Woman, life, freedom. Thank you. Our next speaker, Benjamin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to talk about, of course, needing the MASA Act, but also it is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And my grandmother, Frances Gelbart, is a Holocaust survivor, spoken, excuse me, on many platforms, military bases, in front of different politicians from left to right. And we're currently experiencing another Holocaust. It's in Iran, and we need so much help. You know, I don't know half of the people here but they're all my family. We stand together, we love each other as people that wanna see a free Iran. And right now, I need more help than I can ask for because there's been a handful of hate crimes against me for actually speaking out about my Jewish people who are being slaughtered every single day inside of Iran by this tyrannical regime. There's a few thousand of us left. We might not make it out alive so you could see the end of the Jewish population inside Iran. And because of that, I wanna invite everyone here, including everyone in the audience behind me as well, to come join me at the Grove Holocaust Museum in Los Angeles, where I volunteer, so everyone can learn about the last remaining Jewish population of Iran. And we do hope to come home someday, but we can't come home without the help of everyone here today working together, doing bipartisan action. So not only we have the MASA Act, which will ensure the return of my Jewish people back to our home, Iran, but also ladies and gentlemen, I wanna make it very clear that this is not an issue about just my Jewish people. All the people in Iran who stand up for freedom, who are barandas, we suffer in the same way, maybe different ways, but we're all together in this fight to free Iran. So I'm open to talking to anybody if, um, after this meeting is over, and I'm also happy to address um, the concerns of our lives because when we come out to protest, we do face death threats. And sadly, you know, the federal government that did try to help me told me, maybe you should stay at home because there's nothing more we can do for you. So I'm asking people here to help me actually use my voice because I wake up every day knowing that whenever I go to an event, 
there is a target on my back and I could be killed because of that. So with that, of course, we're all here for the same thing, to free Iran, and I hope you guys can join us as well. Thank you so much. Shalom. Shalom. Sure. Thank you. Uh, next speaker is Dave. Dave, come on up. Before I begin, Mr. Mayor, Madam Mayor, I may ask you to extend me a few extra seconds to allow me to finish what I have to say. Um, my fear is that my emotions may take the best of me and not be able to maintain that three minutes. Having said that, as Americans, we most, most of the time, we forget how fortunate and blessed we are to live in a country and how, as a nation, we pride ourselves in compassion, in humanity, love for our freedom, human rights. And we are that nation that has always stood up and fought for those that could not defend themselves. How many of you have a child that was recently arrested by the government? You have no idea what's going on until you get a call one day telling you you can come claim the body or that he or she is being buried at a certain location. You find out they were tortured, raped, organs removed from their bodies to be sold on the black market. You were, you were never, you were never able to say that goodbye or that last I love you to them. There's nothing you can do, nor anyone you can turn to. How many of you? I hope that was the right answer. Pictures behind me? Those are just some of the faces of those that have been killed like that. Just to sum up. This is just a small glimpse, one of many brutal, inhumane, unfathomable crimes being committed against men, women, and children. Children. As young as five. I'm here on behalf of the Iranian-American community, on behalf of every grieving mother and father, every innocent child that was murdered, to implore you to publicly and officially stand in solidarity with the Iranian-American community and the people of Iran by adding an item on your next city agenda that will denounce and condemn the Islamic regime and its leaders for crimes against humanity and people of Iran. If you're thinking, what is this 
city council is going to do? What will this do? It has to do with your city, with your people, showing compassion and humanity for those that feel alone and forgotten by the world. You are sending a message to parents that are dealing with the unimaginable loss of a child, especially in such ways that we may not be able to mend your broken hearts or heal your pain and anguish. But as Americans, we're not indifferent when innocent men, women, and children are tortured, raped, and murdered. We're not. Excuse me one second. About how much longer? Few not seconds. I just want to. Few seconds, sir. Got I it. promise you. you. Got I, it. I promise you. You got it. It also sends a message that the Americans in this amazing nation are standing with those that need it the most. And it also shows why America is the greatest country it is. Thank you, sir. A couple of things we want to say tonight. Um, I want to thank all of you for coming out here tonight and expressing your opinions, especially in the manner of which you've done it. Um, that's much appreciated by city council and our city staff. As you are probably aware, state law prevents us from discussing or deliberating on non-agendized matters. Um, that being said, it is our understanding that Congresswoman Young Kim has submitted a joint resolution in Congress condemning the regime, and we are supportive of her efforts. I encourage you to continue raising awareness as you're doing. Contact your congressional representatives, which you're probably already doing, for further discussion. Again, uh, we, we obviously can't enter into discussion with you, but um, we are very supportive of Congresswoman Kim's efforts. I am limited in having a discussion with you, but please. I understand. Yeah. Will this, be, will this item be added to the next, week, next meeting's agenda? That is not a question that we could answer tonight. Thank you, sir. Any other speakers? Amy, it's hard. Amy. If you would fill out a card after you speak, Bob. I'll fill out a card. I'm just blown away by everything I heard. You guys all swore by the Constitution of the United States, did you or did you not? I'm asking you, please, council people, mayor, did you or did you not swear by the Constitution of the United States? Do my council members have any business with any affairs outside the United States? Mr. Attorney. Mr. Cox, if you could address the, the, your, no, your comments to, to, to us me. as a, a general body. I'm, I'm going to. But okay. Thank you. Um, I graduated from Mission Viejo High School in 1979. My best friend was Baman Zahidi. His father was the secretary to the Shah of Iran. 
You don't know what you're talking about. Mr. Cox, if you could address no, your listen comments. To me. No, Mr. Jerry, Co Jerry. Mr. Cox, Jerry, if you could okay, address listen. your comments okay, to I'll this address, body, I'll address it. then we'll, to I will me. let you continue okay, to speak. To listen, but if you speak to the Jerry, audience. Jerry, I understand gonna, what you're saying. Mr. Cox. I understand Mr. what you're Cox, saying. Mr. Cox, you will address this council and not the audience. Thank you. Don't you talk down to me because I understood everything you were just saying. I'll address I'm telling you. you the rules of decorum. You guys talk about the streets of Iran. Do you know how much blood ran thick throughout our country to create our country? Do you know how many people fled to this place to fight for this country, to die for this country? Look, at there was some LGBTQ people wanted their flag to fly. They're not from here, and you're not from here. And I know exactly what this is. In the death throes, in the death throes. You know why that slavery ended? Because everybody knew it was in its death throes, and it did. And we fought for it. You people are coming from a far left, radical left ideology, and I can prove it. I can prove it. And you have come here directly, directly to attack our city. And you know what? I don't look at yellow lights tonight. You're not asking for equal justice under the law. You're asking for exception under the law that does not exist because it's not equal that you're looking for. And you don't give a damn about your message as much as you want them to sign on the dotted line. And how dare you? How dare you? I love Bam and Zahidi. I love the whole Zahidi family. Everybody on this council that stands in front of you, you think they you think that they're with the mullahs with the terrorists, we're with the people on the streets that are really doing what they're doing. Because you know what? We don't just let freedom ring. We've showed what it's like. Please wrap up your comments, Mr. Cox. You guys should hang your heads in shame. Address, I love the this, address this body here, Mr. Cox, not the audience. You guys fight for justice, and you fight for the law, and you fight for what's right or wrong. We all do. Our hearts bleed, our hearts break, no matter who you are. 30 seconds, Mr. And Cox. And when you're fighting for democracy, you want me to tell you something, Jerry? Are you not interested at all? You let this guy go on and 15 on. 15 seconds, no, Mr. Cox. No, I'm asking you, are you interested? Now I'm going to tell you something else. Mr. Mayor, Anthony Bill. Ten seconds, Mr. Anthony Cox. Anthony Bill, I appeal to you. You are my elected mayor. I voted for you. And let me tell you something. I know for a fact. Mr. Cox, I'm asking you to stop speaking. I'm not speaking. talking to you anymore. I'm talking to Mr. my Mr. Cox, please refrain from speaking up mayor. here. I'm I, asking you to please stop. Listen to me. Your behavior let is disruptive. Let these guys go on and on. Jerry. And be ashamed stop. of your. Hey, you please be ashamed stop. right now. You are engaging you let them go in on disorderly, and on, disruptive on and behavior on. that is impeding our ability to conduct this meeting. You're if my you mayor. do not stop this You're behavior immediately, 
You're you my will mayor. be removed from this meeting. Okay. I am warning you. Anybody that assumes to be the mayor and your vote doesn't align with my elected mayor, this meeting can no longer be conducted mayor. due to Mr. Bobby Cox's continued disruptive behavior. Oh, say it again. The please, meeting I has been it. impeded and cannot continue any further uh, due to Mr. Cox's bless disorderly conduct. America, I hereby order Mr. Cox's Cox be removed from this meeting. I love stand beside her. Mr. Cox, you must now leave the chamber. Please leave. And I hope you see Mr. the Mr. Cox, if you do not faster. voluntarily leave immediately, you will be ejected. This meeting will resume once again after Mr. Cox is removed from the chamber and order can be restored. We will resume once the deputies are able to come back in and our, our chief. Any other speakers tonight that haven't already spoken? If you, there is another opportunity later in the meeting for public speaking, um, if there's something that you um, would like to say, but I know you're here, you come from a long ways, a lot of you, but we do want to continue the meeting, but there is another public uh, comments portion of the meeting later on. Anybody else that hasn't spoken want to speak now? Please sign a card. Mitra? Good evening, Go Mayor ahead. and City Council members. I'm um, just here. My um, fellow friends, they gave you the uh, what we're requesting. The only reason I'm here is to tell you that I've gone through more than 12 cities so far. You know, we've gone to approval 12 cities and even more we've gone to. You guys, your session has been the nicest one. I just want to say thank you for that. You guys, you know, among all the cities that we've gone, my experience here is the best one of them. Thank you. Well, th thank you for those comments. Anybody else want to get up and say, no, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to, um, again, there's another portion of the meeting for other public comments. Item four, consent calendar. All matters on the consent calendar are to be approved in one motion unless a council member, staff, or member of the public request a separate action on a specific item on the consent calendar. Are there any items to be removed? Do I have a motion? So moved. There is a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Motion carries. Item five, public hearing items. We have none. Item six, continued item six one, review of the city's general fund reserves policy and categories. Ms. Turner. For some, for some, for some light. <laughs> yeah. You'll be, you'll be fine. 
Mr. Mayor, can I uh, please ask if we could take a short recess? Absolutely, we'll take a short recess. Um, five minutes be enough? Five minutes be great. All Thank right, you. short recess. Thank you. Ready to go, Amy? Okay. We will reconvene the meeting. Item six, continued items. 6.1, review of the city's general fund reserves policy and categories. Ms. Turner. All right, thank you, Mayor and but Council. Before uh, you go on, no, go thank ahead. you to our uh, Sheriff's oh, yes. Office for helping us through that. Appreciate your timeliness and hopefully it's okay out there. Thank you. Okay, Stephanie, sorry. Oh, no problem. Okay, um, so tonight we are going to, we are bringing back the reserves policy um, for further discussion. So for background um, purposes, we'll provide a quick summary of the current reserves policy, a summary of the prior reserves review discussions from April and June, um, discussed revisions to the infrastructure category, um, provide a worksheet that visually represents the steps taken during the reallocation process and provides um, a proposed new 10-year target balance. Revisit the use of reserves towards the city's UAL and uh, discuss changes and also next steps towards revising the reserves policy. So we'll start with a quick recap of the reserves policy. Um, the initial reserves policy was adopted on June 25, 2008. The policy itself is intended to provide prudent financial management and long-term financial planning. The policy overall defines terminology for each category and, and establishes a framework for the funding use of available funds by creating specific categories and funding levels designed to protect the city's ability to handle economic downturns, provide for unanticipated or one-time expenditures, um, plan for replacement of repairs or repairs of city facilities, infrastructure, technology, and our vehicles, as well as prepare for catastrophic emergencies or natural disasters. So the initial reserves categories were set at 16 million and then allocated among the specific categories. Um, based on the city's fiscal year 21-22 year in balance, the general fund balance is approximately 144% of year-end expenditures or 131% of the current 10-year target. Um, to just put how healthy of a financial situation the city is in, um, many credit rating agencies consider reserves above 15% very strong. And the GFOA, the Governmental Financial Officers Association, um, best practice recommends for all size agencies is a fund balance of no less than two months of either regular operating rev revenues or expenditures. The city currently surpasses both criteria and is poised to continue to be financially strong now and into the future. 
Um, as the fund balance relates to accounting standards, the reserve categories will continue to align with GASB 54 fund balance requirements each year as the city's reserve balance um, designations are determined during year-end audit and reviewed by the city council annually through the ACFR and the budget presentation. So just kind of to go back to when this began, um, the staff took into consideration, direction, this time took into considered direction um, from both reserve meetings in April and in June. In April, council directed staff to undertake a five-step process. Staff initially began with the first two steps, which were to define infrastructure and consider combining it with the facilities category as well as reallocate the current um, general fund reserves balances based on current information at that time and compare the updated balances to the 10-year target that exists now. At the June meeting, staff proposed to council to keep the infrastructure and facility um, separate and defined infrastructure as using historical values of the city structures and also include a 2% growth factor to them. During that meeting, council directed staff to reevaluate the in infrastructure category and the methodology behind that target balance. So in front of you is what um, we took that information back and reevaluated it. And during that revision process, um, it was determined that replacement outside of routine maintenance would likely involve insurance claims or other reimbursements such as FEMA. The calculation um, that we use is based on five city structures, the city's SIR, which is the self-insured retention or a deductible of 10,000 over a 10-year period, which equated to 500,000. As this category is intended for unforeseen significant damage to city structures, no growth factor has been applied towards um, the, the revised target um, that we did initially. Also as noted, the payment system was not included as special revenue funding is generally available for this area of CIP. The current target balance does not include an amount for infrastructure. So in order to have a more complete picture, the amount of 500,000 was added for analysis and revision of these purposes, for that purpose. So the to talk about the revi revised reserve balance and target. Um, the second part of the revision process was to allocate the current general fund reserve balances based on current information and compare that updated balances to the 10-year target balance the current 10-year target balance. This slide explains the overall calculation and allocation process performed to revise the current fiscal year 21-22 reserves balance. Most of the categories were adjusted with a growth factor of 2% over 10 years as part of the overall calculation process. Um, technology and vehicles were estimated based on historical information as well as future needs. Uh, staff also used the fixed asset um, listing in determining estimated costs for both of those categories. Facility needs were addressed using a deferred maintenance schedule. From there, staff took the calculated needs of technology and vehicles and set the initial reserves balance going forward at 50%, with facilities at 60 of their 10-year expenditure. Infrastructure was determined to be a flat 500,000, while emergency was set at 40% of the total reserve balance, and the remaining funds were allocated to council strategic. Staff is also proposing an updated 10-year target balance derived from the reallocated reserves balance calculated um, based on the information above. The new target balance is also adjusted using a 10-year annualized growth factor of 2%, which allows the reserve balances to fluctuate from year to year, yet stay within the overall target goal. 
Um, the variances between each category and the target depend will depend on the net effect of future surpluses and uses of reserves from year to year. The following slide is a worksheet that visually reflects the reallocation methodology just discussed. Okay, so the worksheet before you illustrates the calculations from beginning to end. Um, the first two columns represent the final amounts required um, over a 10-year period for each category a calculation was performed. The third column is the percentages used to determine how much of the current reserve would be reallocated to each category. You can see emergency was set at 40, technology and vehicles 50, and facilities at 60. The amended amount for infrastructure has been proposed at 500,000. In the following columns, the current allocation is being compared um, to the revised allocation and allocation differences are also presented. The table immediately to the right reflects the current 10-year target balance and revision to that current 10-year target balance in order to, for it to correlate more closely to the proposed revisions of the fiscal year 21-22 reserve balance. The blue column, the revised version of the current 10-year target, was calculated by multiplying the current target total of 20,322,811 by the percentages of reserves for emergency technology facilities and vehicles. Council strategic uh, reflects the remaining of that target balance and then infrastructure reflects that additional 500,000 as the, in, the initial um, current 10-year target never had a balance for infrastructure. At this time, if the 10-year target is not adjusted, the total general fund balance will be 6.5 million over target. Um, although not necessarily part of the steps one and two, staff took the initiative to propose a new 10-year target balance based on the revised allocation you see in front of you. The new um, proposed 10-year target balance takes the revised target balance and calculates an annual growth of 2% over a 10-year period. It is important to note that reserves would only be recommended when it is deemed necessary. Otherwise, expenditures such as routine maintenance will be proposed through the annual operating budget process. Uh, this new target balance has uh, been provided as a starting point for further discussion in the section, as well as the possibility of creating a UAL pay-down category. However, before I go onto that slide, does anyone, does anyone have questions of what I've said or what you see in the worksheet in front of you? So the possibility of a new category for the unfunded accrued liability. Um, to just kind of refresh what a UAL is, um, it stands for unfunded accrued liability and is defined as the gap between the amount of future benefits a pension fund is expected to pay out and the assets pre presently in the pension fund. Although this calculation is used to determine the UAL, this unfunded portion of the pension fund is not likely to be paid out all at one time. An unfunded liability is common among California cities, including RSM. RSM's uh, UAL is very low, and the city has been able to accommodate the annual payments each budget cycle. Strategies for paying down a city's UAL include the use of reserves um, by paying one-time payment um, to pay it off, pay a portion, or set up a payment plan of various options between the payment and a number of years. However, due to significant swings in CalPERS investment returns over the last uh, two years, 
a one-time payment is not being proposed at this time. Um, using the most recent information from PERS, staff calculated a proposed payment plan of an additional 100000 annually over a 10-year period. The strategy would yield approximately 702000 in interest savings, and the city would be at 90% funded in year 10. Also, even though the UL is being paid down over time, it still does create a slight operating cash flow savings as the annual normal payment will reduce slightly each year until the plan is at 100% funded. Um, it's also important to note that the UL, UAL is um, always changing as deter determined by CalPERS actuarial evaluations and investment earnings. The UAL is recalculated each year, and the city could have payments in the future um, after the if we ever hit 100%, but the amortization process would be reset at that time, so they would probably be lower. So with that... Um, in order to move forward and continue to move forward, staff is requesting further direction on these following items. Um, if you like what you see, um, you could direct staff to modify the fiscal year 21-22 reserve balances amongst the categories, not the balance itself, and the proposed 10-year um, target balance. Staff is, also, staff, staff, staff is also looking for direction on if a UAL category is desirable um, and if so, how much and maybe from what categories you would like it to be pulled from. Um, if a pay down plan is desired, um, would you would the preference be um, a UIL in installments? Um, as there is um, and also proposed, is there a different if there's a different preference than the one we had presented? Um, staff is looking for general direction in this area so we can begin to work with CalPERS and include the request potentially to include the request in your policy and possibly as, as part of the fiscal year 23-24 budget process. Um, lastly, staff would like to take the decisions made tonight and use them to revise the written reserves policy, including future surplus allocation strategies and bring it back to a future meeting for discussion and or approval. And with that, that's the end of my presentation and I'm available for questions. Thank you, Ms. Turner. Um, I will start to my left. Councilmember McGurr, questions Thank and you, or Mr. comments? Mayor. I just want some clarification if I can, Stephanie. Thank you for the report, by the way. Mm -hmm. On the on page five of the, uh, um, oh, staff of the issue, if you will, um, it talks about CalPERS provided information that the city's uh, unfunded uh, accrued liability balance will reduce due to the investment gains. However, it is expected to then grow significantly in the following year. This is based upon just, just a prediction by CalPERS as to the investment portfolio. And um, sorry. So um, one thing to remember with CalPERS is that it's kind of always like a year behind, even a little more than that. So, sorry, I have notes here. Um, the fiscal year 2021 investment earnings was a positive 21.3%. And that's why when we first came, it made sense to potentially pay it all down at once right. uh, because it was fairly low. Um, that, that payment would be reasonable and fairly low. However, in 21-22, the investment earnings was a negative 7.5%, almost like a 14% swing. So even though all the actuarial valuations um, will reflect uh, 2021's numbers right now. Um, 
I spoke with CalPERS and they gave me um, that additional information and that's why I'm saying it will go, it will be higher because they're That's predicting what, the market's going to go the other direction. Well, be, they, it's just the timing of when this comes out. So our, the change in our payment will probably, you'll see the increase in 24, 25. Um, so 23, 24 won't be that bad, but 24, 25 is when we'll um, potentially see an increase in the payment. And that's the annual payment that we pay every year. Um, I don't, I'm not saying it will be um, significantly different, it's just it will grow. And so our overall U, um, unfunded liability is going to be, there's a, a swing of, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say about, if I remember correctly, somewhere between six and $800,000. Okay, so the one-time payment would be significant at this point in time. Yeah, I think um, when we spoke before, it was closer to potentially like a 1.1 number, and I think now would we would hit the two million mark. All right, so the proposal would be to add $100,000 over 10 years, which would not quite pay it all off, but mm -hmm. result in 702,000 in interest savings, and that's also based upon what CalPERS told you. That's based on the worksheet they gave me that I could kind of play with a little bit and get an estimate. Okay. I mean, each year will change, but it, that's a reasonable, like a reasonable thought. And it, the 100,000 is um, above our annual payment. What's our annual payment? Annual now? annual payment might be um, one hundred sixty thousand, which we always put in the budget. Right. This would be on top of that. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you, Ms. Mayor. Just to follow up on one of Councilmember McGurr's questions to you, your your initial um, one time payment estimate one point two ish, that was based on numbers up to what the end of twenty one. Twenty twenty one information. Okay. And it's your feeling that uh, you don't have numbers essentially based on what happened in 22 yet, correct? Or do you? And I just didn't read it. No, no, I am. Um, I have. Um, so, so basically, we were at, I believe, at our UAL when I came last time, we were at one point. Nine. Um, 21, 22, and I know this sounds weird, but it's how they do their valuations. Um, we're going to be, it says we're at 1.2. Um, unfortunately, 22, 23, we're at 2.1. So they have a valuation of a f particular, then they apply it to a future fiscal year. So I'm going to say a lot of fiscal years here. Um, but it goes back up to 2.149. So that's where I'm saying for us to do a one-time payment would be very different than I originally had said to you. So just so I understand, based on the CalPERS investment returns, mm -hmm. that number obviously is going to be uh, fluctuating. So let's say this council decided to do a one-time payment of whatever that number is at the time we write the check, mm -hmm. whatever that number is. And... Fast forward two years. Let's just say their investment return was negative 30% for two years versus positive 30% for two years. What does that make our one-time payment now look like on both ends of it? Bad, not, I'm not looking for numbers. I'm looking for I bad know. versus good. I Would it have been a smart decision financially if the negative 30 exists 
or a bad decision, and then on both sides it would have been a smart decision if plus 30 exists. I'm, uh, I don't know if that's a fair question for you to answer right now. No, I understand what you're asking me. Um, how can I say this? Uh, so it seems contradictory, but if you have, the more money you have in an investment portfolio, the more it impacts, the larger the negative or positive, of course. the greater mm -hmm. the impact. Right. So if we had paid it off in a, in a strange way, the negative would have impacted us more um, because we had more money in the investment portfolio. Um, but if vice versa, it would have impacted us greatly if, you know, the year before, if we had done the same thing and it had the 21%. I guess what can happen when you pay it off in any way, in any direction is um, in a positive year, you could become super funded where you have more money than in the investment in the in PERS than you need, um, and the vice versa, you don't have enough again, and so they start the new amortization schedule, and you would, again, have a payment, probably not very large, but you would have a payment going forward, and then that would constantly adjust from year to year. And, and not to take the time with the other council members, but I'm gonna ask you a question here. <clears throat> from the safest move on our part, and not trying to figure out what investment returns are gonna be over the next 10 years, what is the safe move today for this city? Um, I'm gonna say this, I guess, kind of as a personal side of things, because I, I can't say, but I would, when you, um, when you do invest, they say to continuously invest a little every, let's say a little every month, a little every year, so you take advantage of the highs and lows. So I'm using that methodology in my head, if we did a payment plan, which we can make changes to at any time, we would maybe not be affected in any way too strongly or too significantly as we slowly worked our way down to paying it off and becoming 90%, um, 97%. We don't have to be 100%. There might be um, where we feel comfortable at 85. It's just um, as we work our way towards paying it down a little bit, hopefully we have less impact because we have less that we owe. And then also um, it does impact and will help the annual amount that we would owe and that helps the operating budget from year to year. That made that sense. That was a long answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. I, I, I tend to make things more black and white. Okay, I've got more questions, but I, I want to move forward. Moving over to Councilmember Beal. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I'll address the UAL issue first because it's easier for me to get my head around. Uh, I think it does make sense to seek the interest savings, so I'm supportive of doing that. Um, and making the necessary allocations on an annual basis. Um, it, it just makes sense, and we, I, we have the money, and I think we should do so. Um, with respect to some of the other direction that you're seeking about modifications to the reserve balance and the proposed targets per our discussion, um, I think I'd rather just, um, I just had a birthday, and maybe I'm old, but I'm just having a hard time getting my head around 
the additional direction that you're looking for. So maybe I'll just listen for a little while. Maybe it'll make more sense to me. We'll come back around. Councilmember Figueroa. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I remember during our last discussion on this at our meeting, um, there was some interest in getting some things paid down on our unfunded liabilities. And I remember that, um, and my interest was the CalPERS too, um, that we were going to um, consult the Cal CalPERS investment people and discuss this with them. So, um, and it sounds like things have changed quite a bit now. So I guess my question is, um, I'm interested in getting some of this liability paid down since we, we can probably afford it right now. Um, but uh, when and how often would we be re-looking at this? Um, just because, you know, things have obviously changed just in this year. So, you know, when would be the next time we'd be looking at this general fund balance and how we can deal with it well if if it's if pay, making a payment every year was something that the council was interested in then I would um, by default include it in the budget and so every year we would discuss it in the budget and we could choose not to we could choose to do a different amount um, and at that time if if something has significantly changed then I can bring that information to you when that decision is being made so um, it, it could be annually um, when we when the decision is made whether or not to go forward with it. Mm -hmm. Well, and just because our tax revenue, our sales tax revenue, has been you know increasing steadily, especially um, after COVID, you know, I think it's something that we should should look at. Um, so I'd be in favor of, of doing that. Okay. Thank you, Mayor mm -hmm. Pro Tem. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, very good report, Stephanie. I have a couple of questions. I know we're escalating this 2% a year, and I'm assuming that's compounded 2% on top of 2%. Okay. So we're looking at this in constant currency, escalated at 2%. But, so I don't have to worry about the future value of a dollar or anything like that? I, 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 I don't think so. Okay. Um, so when I take a look at – there's – there's actually only one thing that, which is pretty amazing because this is a very com complicated report. Um, there's one thing that that I wasn't getting, and I think I'm I think it's pilot error. Okay. Um, I'm looking at uh, the line on vehicles, and so the current 10-year target in the peach color on page seven, that column is 271,000, and now it's revised to 85,000. And I'm thinking, as I recall the report, it consisted of like two automobiles and a police motorcycle. Yes. And I want to know who the person is that's going to buy two automobiles and a police motorcycle for $85,000. I'm going car shopping with them. No, I, I understand what you're asking. Um, <laughs> this is part of the um, trying to find a perfect way to do this. Yeah. Um, so what... What that column was attempting to do mm -hmm. is um, we know that the 20 million 322 is where we're at and the target. Um, what I had went to the previous where the, I guess it's yellow, the yellow column, um, I took our reserve balance that we just closed and, and allocated it, um, you know, based across what we thought we'd start with 50% and then 
I said, and I think what happened here is because our current fund balance is so much larger mm -hmm. than yeah. the other, um, the target. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that piece is only 0.42% of the total balance. Yeah. So then I took and I changed the target. I used those those percentages to kind of reallocate that target. So out of the 20 million, vehicle only got 0.42%. Um, and it was just kind of a formula driven to try and create something that would, when you compared them, they were both, in a sense, percentagely allocated the same way. I think it's too low. Okay. So that's my that's my sense. Okay. But, I, you know, I could be wrong. So I'm taking a look at, you know, council uh, strategic at 45.64, and my thought was that it doesn't need to be that high. Um, although this is a... a brilliant council. I'm not sure we're that strategic. So, you know, maybe we could take a percent or two out of that and okay. kind of flatten that out a little bit. And I'm pretty sure that police motorcycle and the two cars are going to cost a you know, whole lot more than we want them to. Um, so I was so I was taking a look at that. Okay. Uh, technology, I think, is also kind of low. You know, a 10-year target escalated at a compounded 2%. A million two seems pretty low. And it doesn't seem, I don't know about everybody else, but it doesn't seem like I'm ever done buying this stuff and maintaining it and paying for you know, subs software subscriptions. It just gets more and more and more every year. Yes. Um, yes. One thing I just want to, um, so this, the blue column was just to reallocate the $20 million. The green is hopefully then adding in the 2% over 10 oh, years. So okay. it is going to grow a little bit. Okay. It still might be too low, but I just wanted to... Um, yeah, million the intent was the end in green. Yeah. <laughs> end in the green. The, because the, the other thing is, as it's the the target, what we aim to get at grows by 2% right. per year. So we're always, the, the target's always a little bit higher than it was the year before. <clears throat> but it's the intention to have these balances remain. So if and that we won't draw them down to zero. We're not going right. to draw them down right. to zero. So right. you know, one point two having one point two in there every single year, we're not going to spend one point two every single year. There, it's just not going to yeah, happen. And impossible. if we have a surplus at the end of <clears throat> the fiscal year and we put it back in and it gets reallocated by these percentages, then it would be back up to its one point two. So it, it's not a matter of you know. Oh, based gonna, on our average spending in that. In the in the fiscal year when you set this up, correct. Okay. So so it, it would I mean you can almost even think like we always have one point two million dollars and the the possibility of drawing down even say half of that in one year is probably pretty unlikely. Mm -hmm. um, and then if we have a surplus and we put it back in and it starts to build back up, the pro the prospect of you know, taking another half a million dollars out the following year and drawing it down is also highly unlikely. So, you know, you have to kind of think of it as a rolling 1.2 million instead of a fixed 1.2 million that you would draw down and then it's gone. So it's like a rolling fund balance. Well, it, it is. Like a rolling fund balance. And, okay. and currently, um, if I were to revise the, the mm -hmm. current 21-22, we would actually have 1.6 million in the reserve itself, mm -hmm. and our goal for tenure would to always um, would to be 1.4. So we're actually ahead of the game at that point. Um, 
like the city manager was saying, um, each year we spend a little and then we make a little, right. and it will keep um, the actual fund balance will keep changing and fluctuate from year to year. But the tenure would stay as kind of a goal and something to re refer to to see if we're in in target of where we want to be, if um, there is anything that is maybe changing too drastically, we feel there needs to be a, a change or reallocation. So the green column is kind of hopefully your where you kind of refer back to to see if you're on target, if you're kind of where you feel you should be. Um, but it will definitely fluctuate from year to year, especially depending on which call, which categories you use more of than the others as time goes on. So you think the 104 for vehicles is fine? It's It, it could be, it's potentially still low. I just, um, like I said, I went with this kind of a formalized thing to have somewhere to start talking. Right, we, we have two, two vehicles, Cars. two city vehicles, and yes, we do uh, have the motorcycle, although in current discussions with the sheriff's department there is a desire by the sheriff's department to take over buying the motorcycles okay. um and charging back to the cities mm -hmm. not just for rancho but for all of them and more okay. uh, regionalizing that and so that would come off of our uh, inventory list of something that we would need to replace or buy and really the only other thing other than the two vehicles that i think falls in here is the radar trailers mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah. you know, so, so what the rate people keep hitting, them, <laughs> really. you know, uh, so, so a hundred thousand, you know, if it were to adjust a little more, it, it wouldn't be much more because I, it's unlikely that we would be buying two vehicles or, and plus two radar and trailers si it's simultaneously in, in one year. Right. It's as good a number as any is what it sounds like. <laughs> you know, this is really, um, and I'll just move on from that and say, this is really an embarrassment of riches. I mean, this is, um, a phenomenal number to be at, you know, on average between 100 and 134 percent of our 10-year target when, you know, cities are uh, considered to be um, in good shape by the rating agencies if they have plus 15 percent. We're looking at plus 131 percent. So um, I'm really, really proud of that. And so the last uh, item I have and thank you for the explanation, by the way. Last item I have is I just want to go on record of agreeing with uh, Councilwoman Figueroa. I'm an advocate for the um, payment plan. It's a lot like what we did at OCFA. And I think a couple years ago, Lori Zeller came in and explained what we call the snowball plan and how much it's saving us each year. It's tremendous. We've continued that plan for the last 10 years. Um, and we're just we really are reaping the savings from that now. And I think that's an excellent program uh, for the city's contemplation since we're, we're, doing, we're doing so well. We've been so modest and so conservative in our spending. Uh, to me, it's like uh, making an extra mortgage payment a year, something like that, to pay off your house. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Mr. Thank Mayor, could I, could I make some, some comments Please. regarding um, the the presentation and kind of wh what we're seeking and maybe synthesize all of this into a couple of key points. So with respect to the reserve target, wh why we even started this conversation in the first place was because the targets that we had were fairly low. I mean, they were at, I, I, I don't even remember what, what the exact number was. I went 16 million. And, and we, we far exceeded that many years ago, but we had never looked at 
adjusting that and accounting for kind of where we are today as a city and financially. And so the idea was, okay, let's try to plan for the future, re readjust what our our target is and look at those categories. Some of them are, are required categories and see where we really want to, to be. And it's not a matter of saving money for the sake of saving money. It's being strategic about where you want to spend your money and planning for the future and making sure that you have enough funds available for all of the things that may come anticipated and unanticipated. And so you know, I think what we've done is we've tried to really think through very uh, carefully and thoughtfully about what our needs are going to be over the next 10 years and look at what, what amount do we absolutely have to have in the case of an emergency or some unanticipated, unforeseen event, and maybe where there might be some funding available for some of the, um, some of the future needs of the city or things that are um, desirous of, of the council on some, you know, maybe some special projects. And we clearly have enough to do that, but we want to still protect and make sure that we have enough for, again, those unforeseen things. And that's really where this 10-year target is. It allows it to grow a little bit every year so that we don't end up 10 years from now in the situation that we are today where all of a sudden we have, you know, say $50 million and our target is 27 or, or whatever it is. It allows it to grow a little bit with that and really keep, keep up with inflation as well as all of the changing um, you know, needs and, and things within the, the world of, of city government. So that's kind of the issue with the the, the, the green column, if you will, is our, our idea um, as of today. And of course, it's we welcome your input. We want to hear what you have to say and, and make sure that it, it's something that is um, that you're all well comfortable with and it, it will, you believe, suit our, suit our needs in the future. With respect to the UAL, it, consider it this way. If we did nothing, that UAL is just going to continue to grow. It's just, you know, we have employees that retire. We um, occasionally, not very often, but we have, you know, maybe one employee here or there as we need to. And it's just never going to go down on its own. So you, and it will continue to grow. Sometimes it won't be as less, or sometimes it won't be as much. Sometimes it'll be a little more based on, on CalPERS earnings. So, Providing some funding towards that and getting it into a manageable and something that we feel comfortable with, I think is prudent. I think uh, a 10-year strategy at this point, given the, the losses that CalPERS has had, would be a, a conservative way of addressing it rather than all at once. I would not recommend today, based on the information we have, taking $2 million out of your reserves that's been you know, earned over the last 20 years and giving it to CalPERS it, because it might be lost. But you do want to chip away at it, and so a 10-year plan to be able to do that, I think, would be very effective at doing that. Um, why is this important? Why not just let it grow forever in a day? I mean, the, some cities do that, and now they're looking at balances of you know millions and multi-millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't think we would ever be there just because of our size and also because the council implemented pension reform many years ago, but still it would grow to some degree. It is something that's reflected and reported on our annual reports and it does count towards our bottom line and ultimately if we let it go out of, out of hand, it could affect our credit rating. And, and that's not something that anyone wants to happen. So there isn't a, a reason why you would want to start to chip away at that. And I think that this is a good way of, of starting that process. And hopefully in 10 years, we would get down to where it's just, you know, hardly anything at all. And it's something that we'd say, oh, you know, we can live with that going forward. 
Um, the final thing I would say is if the council decides to do that, what the recommendation would be, and we did not put it in here because we didn't want to confuse the process too much because it's a lot of numbers and there's a lot of columns and there's a lot of rebalancing and reallocation and we didn't want to confuse it. But what we would recommend doing is taking $1 million out of the council strategic bucket and creating a category and putting it as a UAL bucket. This would not be one that would be replenished every year because the idea is that you're going to take that 100,000 and you're going to be at 97% funded at the end of 10 years. And if halfway through the council wants to change that and maybe look at where we are funded wise, um, we could do that. But the idea is not to, you know, if we wouldn't need a million dollars at the end of 10 years if our unfunded liability is say down to 20,000. It just wouldn't be necessary. And so, and that would be our, our recommendation going forward. And we would certainly bring that back with the, we still have to do a formal policy. We still have to show you all the numbers. We would, we would do it at that time, but that would be our, our initial thought of how we would achieve that. Thank you. Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Let me uh, weigh in. I want to circle back to the UAL. I, what I'm seeing here, I, I, I'm in favor of, but I, I'm still trying to, wrap my brain around the UAL as well. And the way I'm doing that, because I, I respect your recommendations tremendously. And I want to understand a little bit more about your recommendation of $100,000 a year over 10 years. And jump in any time if I'm headed down the wrong road. I'm looking at this in similar to paying off your mortgage in some ways. So I have a dollar amount that I, and, I, and I, what I'm looking at is your $100,000 annually over 10 years as somewhat of a dollar cost averaging approach to investing. Well, I think most people know what that is. Okay. And there's pros and cons to that. Um, so we have a mortgage and that mortgage right now is X, whatever that dollar amount is that we owe. First question is, if we decided to pay off whatever that number was tomorrow, our liability towards retirement could grow, will grow, or might not grow, correct? Depending on the investment returns of PERS. So we might pay, let's say, say $2 million and we have a zero balance. Okay. Whether or not we would owe money again is totally incumbent upon their ability to invest. So far, so good? I got a yes here and a maybe well, there. There, there, there's, there's always going to be some fluctuation because you're going to have increases to salary um, that, that ultimately define how much is required to pay through PERS. Um, if you, at, you know, as you have retirements, that's going to change. As people live longer or don't, that will affect the ultimate amount that is required to pay PERS. As well as, you know, if you, you know, if just, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's say you wanted to take all your contract services and make them all employees. That would change the entire um, payment structure for how much we would owe per. So you, you, it's, it is a little different from a mortgage in that a mortgage would be you bought a house for this, this amount of money. You have to almost think of it as, the it's not exactly apples to apples, but think of it as you have a mortgage, but you refinance every year. The amount's always going to grow, and you're never going to actually pay it down in, in total. You might chip away at it and get a little bit lower, but it's it's never going to go away. 
Okay. Um, so that's where it's a little bit different than, than a house or a mortgage. You're going to go back to the, and I'm not advocating that we write a check and pay it off tomorrow. I'm not. What I'm trying to think here, if it makes more sense to pay more than $100,000 a year financially, because there's an emotional component to having no debt and there's a financial component to it. And I'm trying to, you know, we can feel comfortable because we don't owe PERS anything. So let's, I mean, go back to paying it all off. <clears throat> we get a bill, correct me if I'm wrong, from PERS every year, and that's based on what we owe them. If we paid it all off, is there a scenario where that they, we'd send us a bill and it would be zero because of their investment returns, in theory? I, I, I was nodding kind of in theory, but also like the same manager was saying, how they determine our UAL is um, there's many factors, and they they do a, a complete evaluation and actuarial evaluation, like Jennifer mentioned. Um, um, how long people are living, how many people um, you have on retirement, um, your overall salary base. Um, there And there's other pieces to that, too, that I can't even think of right now. So the equation that gets to that number, it also takes into consideration um, the amortizations from prior years and how those are all carrying forward. It's a very, very complicated um, methodology to get to that number um, on a very... But let me, before okay. you get off of that, let yes. me interrupt you. I'm not worried about the, how they come to that number. Well, I, I guess I, what I'm trying to say is I can't tell you that strictly whether the investment returns are positive or negative, we would have um, not have a payment or not. We could still have a payment based on other variables that um, we have no control over. Well, well, although I, I will say, in theory, no, in theory, you could have zero. And I know that for a fact because there were um, years and years and years in the 80s and 90s when cities were, many cities were considered super funded, mm -hmm. meaning they didn't get a PERS payment every, or a PERS bill every year, and they didn't have to pay that. Um, I, I will say, un unfortunately, um, some of the retirement formulas that were granted to certain groups at the time in the late 90s and early 2000s really changed that picture. And I don't know that we're ever going to see superfunded status again. Uh, but it has occurred, so in theory, and actually, it, it could happen. Right. Yeah, 3 of 50, we'll never see it again. I get it. All right. <laughs> um, it won't happen. Some people, yeah. So let me go back. So in, uh, I'm not trying to make this difficult. So it depends. There's a complicated formula on putting together our bill. I get that. It could fluctuate. What I'm trying to understand is we are at, I think you've answered, we are at the mercy to some degree of the investment returns of PERS. Not to some degree, but to a big degree. Yes. So if, if let's say their return is 20% next year, and the increase to our services or our, our liability is 2%. Does that mean we wouldn't get a bill? If their return is under our in increase, is that what that means? Or is that not a fair no, question? No, it would go towards paying our unfunded liability. So, they, so based on their investment returns, they will help cities if they can because their investment return is so high. They have policies in place. But if it's low... Can't help you. Right. There, there's a set amount that they determine a, an agency, a city, needs to pay everything it would ever need to pay employees that are retired. 
And, and that amount, they, they do that formula and they come up with this amount. And so let's just say for the sake of argument, it's a million dollars. It may not be, but let's just say it's a million dollars. So that means that when Stephanie retires and Cheryl retires and I retire and all of our employees retire, it's what is needed to say it needs a million dollars to pay the PERS pension liability every year until we die. And they've figured out when we're going to die. They've looked at our, pro our profile and determined based on the fact that we're female and we don't smoke how much we're going, how long we're going to live. And so there's this million dollars that needs to be paid. So they take and they invest, they make their investment earnings. Sometimes they lose money and it's like losing in your portfolio. And now all of a sudden you still owe the million dollars, but you only have 600,000 in the account. You're going to be making up that bill is that 400,000 that you need to pay. But in another year they say, okay, well now we've made some. So now you have 800,000 in the account. You still need to make a bill of 200,000. So to actually get above that, that million dollars or that, that number they determined is what the city would need to pay. It would need to swing pretty far in the other direction to make it up and make it even. Okay. Understood. How confident does staff feel that this, and I, I'm looking for a percentage, that the $100,000 a year over 10 years is the best way to go versus maybe a one-time payment of a smaller number, maybe a higher number annually. That, that proposed plan of 100,000 over 10 years, how strong do you feel that that is the, the financially the best plan here? Given the numbers that we know today, it is a reasonable plan that does not significantly take a large chunk of our reserves out of the reserves and hand it over to PERS at one time. And it would achieve, again, based on the Can numbers. Let me stop you for one second. Yes. When you say hand it over to PERS, we're just paying our bill, right? We're paying on a bill that we owe. Right, but they're taking that money and they're still going to invest it. And if they I understood, as, and so, as Stephanie in, indicated, the more money you have in there, when you have losses, the bigger those losses are of an impact. Understood, and we're making higher higher interest rate on our investment, our reserve fund than we used to make, make. But so when our return on our reserve fund is higher than what they're making, which I don't know, because they invest in all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, I mean, go back. Uh, do you, do you feel that with 100% this is the best road for us to take? Or is there, is there just it's somewhat of a very, very educated guess? It's an educated guess. I mean, there is yeah. no, it'll change next year. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just right. it'll, to, it would change next year. And we could pay $100,000 a year. And even though they said we'd be 97% funded, we could be 100% funded. We could be 90% funded at the end of that. I mean, as Mayor Pro Tem Gamble indicated through the um, OCFA and the Snowball Plan, they had a number of years where they were making a lot of progress, and then there were a couple of years where all of a sudden they lost funded status, and it went from, I don't know, like 86 to 82, all in the matter of a year, even though they had paid all of the, the funding that they had planned on paying. Right. Okay. I mean, and then maybe other council members want to talk. I'm, 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 I like the annual payments, but I would like to see as much as you can what the difference in 10 years would be, even though you can't do it because you don't know what their return is going to be, with a higher yearly amount. 
And, and we can provide some options. I think what the, the direction we really kind of wanted on that aspect for tonight is do you want to create a category where we put money from the reserves account into a category within the reserves account to, to pay down the unfunded liability. So we're, we're not, you know, if we leave here tonight, Stephanie's not going to go sign the contract with PERS tomorrow and get it all going. I mean, there's, there's other options to look at, you know, other time to look at other options, longer periods, more money, less periods, whatever, whatever we, you know, want. We'll have more information because they always provide us with information in, in timely increments. So, um, Really, what we wanted to know is, is this something you want us to pursue um, or, or not? And my last question is whether it's in column A, this dollar amount, or column B, I'm just using, what's the difference? Whether it's in a designated column or it's not, but we're still addressing this issue, is there an advantage to having it in its own Category? It's a planning tool. It helps us okay. make okay. sure that we're not commingling and, and you know taking money out of emergency reserves that should come out of something else, and that we still have enough money for you know to buy our radar trailer the next one when it gets hit. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, I've taken enough time. Other questions, comments? Can I ask a really quick question? Um, you could go probably a million different ways with um, options, is there a, you wanna see um, a 10-year plan but be 100%, you want a five-year or three, can, is there anything that you can kinda give me as like a, kind of a direction of I would like to see how much it would cost to do it in three years, five years, 10, or a percent, something that, because I could, I could with. come, yes, I could come with a lot of different they ways. go down the line and we'll, to that question, we'll each answer that for you if that's okay, Council. Brian? Quite frankly, I'm, I'm really happy with $100,000 a year and bringing it down to a projected 97%, knowing that it may be 92% versus, or, not, or 100%. I think if we add $10,000 to it, $15,000 to it, I think we're just, I think it's just a guess. I mean, educated or not, I think it's just a guess as to whether or not that would bring it down in 10 years or eight years or whatever. So, uh, quite frankly, I, I, um, we could always, you know, you can provide additional categories or considerations regarding $10,000 here and there, but I don't think it's gonna make a big difference. I think, um, I think really we're talking about a theory as opposed to an exact number. That's my feeling. And so I'm perfectly happy at 100,000. Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'm a fan of being funded at 85%, taking a million dollars out of council strategic um, and putting it into a separate line item for a transfer of $100,000 every year until the city achieves an 85% funding level. Thank you. Councilmember Beal. What's our current funding level? Um, I think it's in the, I wanna say in the 70s. Sorry, I think we're at, if I'm looking at this right, 73%. To the Mayor Pro Tem's point, in your view, is 97% funded undesirable? It's better to be what? at 85? Um, I base that on their investment fluctuations. And, and so, for example, if we were 100% funded, 
and CalPERS lost 7.5% this last year, we would lose that money. It comes out of our account. So you want to, you know, I think the sweet spot on this with, with all the work that we've done on OCFA is to be funded at like 85% because the amount of money you pay them in your um, cost of funds or the interest that you pay uh, for not being 100% funded is uh, compatible with the risk that we're willing to take to take the funds that aren't invested in CalPERS and put it in another investment. So um, that you manage yourself because one thing the city never does, uh, we may make 0.1% from year to year, but we never invest in things that lose money. So you're never, you're, you're flattening out that risk. And so that's why I like that. Whether it's 87 or 89, you know, I, I don't think 100% funding is really a good goal. I think you can play with the additional funds that you haven't funded to CalPERS with a better, more assured rate managing your own money for that 10 to 15%. Can I ask a quick question? Mm -hmm. On the 85%, um, we're, if we stuck, stuck with the 100,000, um, we'd probably get to 85% in six years, five years. One, two, three, four, five, give or take five or six. Yeah. So is that, um, so when we got there, we would discuss if we really are there and then maybe no longer pay or make. Well, then then to me, I mean, if you want to project that. I just want to make sure that that's wanna, what you're thinking in that yeah, sense. Was, was the, then we'd have some real numbers to work with. We'd know that we'd have a payment of X. We'd have an investment return average of Y. And then we, we'd be able to compare that against what we could make on that same amount of money investing it ourselves at whatever that current rate is. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see the you know zero percent interest rates that we've we've seen in the past. So I'm thinking in terms of you know sort of a market rate moving forward. I'd rather have a nice solid you know four percent uh, on city money on that on that I'm calling it that slush that you know maybe it's thirteen to fifteen percent slush than ever run the risk of losing money and Calpers can lose money. They can make money, but they can also lose money. And they did this past year. Yes, so then we yeah. would just put the million in, watch it, and we hit 85, yeah. decide what to do going from there. Yeah, and then okay. you, council could determine if they want to put it back in council strategic or maybe increase the funding level a couple of percentage points, you know, based on the market at the time. And based on our what we know is 100% um, uh, funded today, might not be 100% funded tomorrow because we've got um, pre-PEPRA employees, you know, moving out of the system. So okay. I think there's, uh, I think that's a good point to, you know, I, I wouldn't quibble over 85, 87, or, or 89, but I think in, in that high 80s is a good place to stop and assess. Okay. Just a personal feeling about that. I'm just making notes. So that makes sense to me. Um, Whatever that percentage that we all agree to, uh, that makes sense to me. The $100,000 a year at this point, I'm perfectly fine with. I think we've got um, those funds available, and it's a rel 
big picture, it's a relatively modest contribution to achieve savings and a little more certainty in the future. So I'm supportive of that. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, yeah, I agree with staff's recommendation about the proposed plan of the $100,000 annually. And we'll start making a dent at getting this unfunded liability down and then revisiting it, right, mm -hmm. in a year and Gotta finding out year. if it doesn't need to be higher and doesn't need to be lower or so forth. So I think this is a good start, okay. and I'm in favor of it. Thank you. One of your um, bullet points here is this strategy of $100,000 a year over 10 years yields $700,000 in interest savings. Okay. I'm trying to look, I'm looking at this as strictly a numerical issue, not an emotional one that we wouldn't have debt. So, if we paid $200,000 a year over 10 years, do we save twice the amount? I believe if you paid 200,000 over 10 years, you would be superfunded. So you so I don't know um that you would you would save um some you would save more. Hundred and forty thousand. You would save more, but you wouldn't save one point. Or seven hundred, seven hundred and two thousand in interest savings. Yes, it, it would be a it would be a marginal um, increase, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be double. Yeah, it would not double. Yeah, it would. Pr I I I would have to go back and do the math with it, but it would probably be, you know, instead of seven hundred two, maybe eight fifty. Well, and I'm looking at this worksheet and. And without doing those numbers, so I really don't know what would happen here. But based on if we didn't do anything in this perfect scenario, one shot, we would end up paying um, three million over time. Our interest um, paid would be nine hundred twenty-one thousand. But when I put in this um, payment plan, we had a savings of seven hundred and two. So my not understanding completely this worksheet because I didn't put it together. Um, maybe if we had paid it off sooner, we would save closer to the eight fifty to the nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay, then why wouldn't we put more in if we're going to save more and it doesn't put the city at risk financially? I, that's when I the super funding thing is interesting because you're almost like you're saying they're going to owe us money. And if that's the case, we would just stop. This isn't like there's a contract that you have to pay two hundred thousand no, dollars every doing year. No, I'm not that way. No. Um, if it makes numerical and a financial sense to pay a little bit more than that, then I'm all in favor of that. The hundred thousand you guys have obviously come up with in terms of an optimal number, but if if another fifty thousand a year, which we could afford, in my opinion, is a substantial difference. On the plus side, I would just look at that. Okay. Or if we paid, you know, two hundred fifty thousand a year for five years. I mean, I'm just not to make it forty different options. But if a hundred thousand dollars a year over ten years is good, isn't twice that better? And if we got to the point where we're super funny, we would just stop. It's all about what's where are we making the where are we saving or making the most money. You know, I mean, it's, as Stephanie indicated, you could slice this a thousand different ways. It's what you're comfortable with. Well, and, to, to that point, I'm not asking for a thousand ways. I'm like, I talked about three, right. three different ways. That's all. Right. So, so it really is, is a comfort level and, you know, and you have to balance it with 
other other projects, other needs, other uses for the money that you have. I mean, I I, I, I hate to. I'm going to quote my dad. My dad used to tell me the hardest thing you could ever have is it's harder to have cash than anything else. So you'd rather have cash in the bank than, you know, pay it out. Um, well, or, it, depends you know. on, it depends on what bank it's in. <laughs> right. Is that bank paying 5% or paying 2%? Understood, yeah. understood. But, you know, kind of like a you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of it's just a matter of if, if the council is comfortable paying more money, we could achieve the whether, whatever level you wanted faster, whether it be 85% or 89% or whatever that magic number is. But that's going to come at the expense of other things that you might want to use reserves for, potentially. But there's no, I hear you, but this is just a plan. It doesn't mean that it, you know what, we can't afford it this year because we need to put that 100000 somewhere else. But we have a reserve, anyway, I, I, we have a reserve for that kind of thing too if we needed it. And whatever we're making in the reserves, if paying this down with reserve money makes more financial sense, I'd be interested in that too. Mm -hmm. Do you need to know from uh, from everybody whether the 85 or 97 percent, do you need that tonight? No, okay. we, 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 we really, in, in fact, we've probably gone a little too far on this level of the discussion. Um, I don't know that we were prepared to talk about the levels of funding. It was more of do you want to start this process and do you want us to come up with um, putting putting money aside within the reserves toward paying down our our pension and uh, directing us to to you know we came up with an idea of a hundred thousand as kind of a you know this was a an idea um, and it's it's a solid idea but it wasn't meant to be the end all and and we would move forward and and start those payments right away we there's a process actually that we need to go through to get to that point. And we would we could certainly come up with other al alternatives, alternative uh, pay down structures. But really, what we're looking for tonight is this even conceptually a category you want within the reserves and allow us to move forward with that concept. So I think we got a consensus that we all want to start seeing this unfunded liabilities pay down. So Stephanie, could you just come out with maybe a few scenarios yeah. um, for the okay. mayors? Yeah, definitely. Um, Looking at no, don't do it and, just for me. But oh, no, I mean, oh, I am. Oh, I, I, am. I think that's what nobody we're else wants do. to see. No, it. That's what we don't were going to do, it. right? No, Jennifer, like yeah, you were just saying, we were going to come up with yeah, a few different alternatives, and then we can discuss yeah. further. It's not a problem. It will allow us to make a better informed decision to have all of the options in front of us. Yeah, it's not a problem. Um, I just, I guess um, Tony's question to me earlier, um, what am I looking for? So um, I'm wondering, my, my thought on how to go forward is um, we would have to revise the written policy. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe if I were to reset the current year, current target, it would be via uh, resolution. And if you um, wanted me to reallocate the fiscal year 21-22 to be more in line with how we're thinking we're going to set the target, um, I'm thinking that I would do a resolution for that too, not sure combined or separate. But that would be kind of a together package. And so that's what I was kind of asking if you're feeling comfortable with the totals and how they're allocated 
although it seems that I would add a category, pull a million dollars out, and um, align it. Now, the 10-year would have zero because mm -hmm. our intent would be, we would be done paying on it. Um, then I could start working towards putting that package together. You could still make changes when it came to you, but it would be something, a kind of a complete package that you could look at, and um, we could go from there. Okay, any other comments or questions? I think that sounds perfect. No, I mean, right. and, and one last thing, sure. I swear. <laughs> there can be a cost savings to paying down debt more frequently than once a year. So if, if a monthly, if PERS would accept it, say, we're, say go with 100,000, we paid every month up to that, that may reduce some debt. I don't know if it's substantial, but that's something I'd be interested in. Okay, so I reach out. Whatever I, we end up deciding. When to I reach out to them, that's another question I will ask what is, um, I, need, I need to learn more about how to even proceed, but um, I'll ask that question also. I have a hand up. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. At that meeting, not this meeting, I'd like someone to opine on the value of investing in CalPERS in a recessionary economy. Any other comments or questions? Right. Right. I may be the wrong place to put our money. Sounds like we're good. This is a receiving file. I think you've received a lot. Thank you. Any questions, Stephanie, for us? No, I think, so. I think I'm okay. Go? Okay, I'm thank okay. you very much. <laughs> Item 7, new business. Approval of software license and subscription agreement with City Tech Solutions. Cheryl Kuda. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, we do have a um, contract for you tonight for City Tech Solutions to provide an electronic plan check and permitting system. Back at budget time, we talked about the development services goal to upgrade our current permitting system to allow for electronic submittals and electronic plan checks. We've gone out and looked at all of the available um, products in the marketplace and we found uh, with our current partner, Charles Abbott and Associates, that they have created something that is um, very will be very easily implemented with our current system. It's uh, designed exactly for the services we provide. Um, a lot of the other permit systems on the market are more than a permit system and they have very complicated modules. And so um, we believe that CityTech specifically designed their product for this purpose and it is the best purpose, uh, the best product for, for us. I'm going to have Mark Abbott from City Tech Solutions give you a brief presentation on the product. Uh, before he does that, I'm going to call your attention to the purple envelope on the dais. Uh, we are revising um, the fiscal impact section of the staff report. Uh, we are now recommending that the uh, funding for this contract come from the use of the California Energy Commission grant and general fund rather than the American Rescue Plan Act. That's there for your consideration. With that, I'm going to introduce Mark Abbott with City Tech Solutions. Thank you. Good evening, Thank Mayor you, and Council. Um, as Cheryl said, my name is Mark Abbott with City Tech Solutions, Charles Abbott Associates. Um, I'm here tonight just to give you an overview of the upgrade we're making to the permit system uh, to enhance the uh, capabilities of the Community Development Department. So, uh, electronic plan check or digital review of PDFs is not a new concept. Um, 
it, but it, what is new is new browser technology allows us to do more with it. Uh, also, cities are becoming more comfortable with the idea of doing digital reviews and passing that around um, because of the efficiencies and cost savings that they are realizing um, through, the, through this service. Uh, and also through the, the efforts of the, like the American uh, Institute of Architects who put out white papers that discuss saying, hey, you can realize efficiencies of 20 to 50% uh, in, your, in your processes. So it is, is with, these, with these new funding opportunities that are available, with cities becoming more comfortable, that this is becoming more widely uh, adopted. So with this system, uh, customers will be provided with a, a customer website. Uh, they'll be able to fill out, just like in the paper process, they'll be able to fill out an, a digital application, um, upload, their, upload their documents. Uh, those documents will then come to the permit tech for review to make sure they're all complete. Uh, the, the permit tech will submit, a, a give them a payment to be made uh, for, for the plan check, for the permit fees or plan check fees. Um, and then once those are paid, they'll be off and running into our, our normal workflow of reviewing plans for, for code compliance. So once those plans uh, are reviewed, uh, there will either be re you know, need, need revisions uh, for, um, to, to, be, to revise to comply with code or they'll be approved. Um, and so they'll be able to do download those documents. Um, during this whole process, there will be email alerts going back and forth to alert the permit techs that things are happening, payments are happening, plans are submitted, the customer will be alerted that things are, you know, things are in their account, messages are being sent to them, uh, and the like. So, and then um, you know, as we move forward in the plan check process, there'll be uh, digital signatures to get legal signatures on the permits, and then we'll move into permit issuance, and once permit issuance just through the normal course of a permit workflow, you'll be off and running to building the project and requesting uh, inspections online in this uh, customer portal, this website. So um, last year, in calendar year 2022, the building department um, issued 119, uh, 1,912 permits, did uh, 1,066 uh, plan checks, the, the department did 3,979 inspections, and we, we, we took in an unknown number of phone calls asking for statuses of plan checks and permits and inspections, and a lot of that will you know, be reduced with these efficiencies from the um, new upgraded permit system. Um, and so, so, some of the, so with that, we hope to you know, re reduce a lot of the staff hours uh, processing plans for, for our employee of the year to, to funnel the plans all around City Hall and to the contractors, calling contractors, waiting for them to call back, coming in, uh, you know, a lot, just all of those processing times will be reduced greatly, 20, 20 to 50% if, if we go by the uh, AIA's uh, estimates. You will have faster plans, they'll be able to return to the customer, um, you know, within seconds once they're done. Uh, paper costs will be reduced, applicant driving time, as the agenda item said, uh, trips to City Hall will be reduced, um, and, and of course, gas, uh, in the, you know, not having to drive as much will, will be reduced the amount of gas used. So, I mean, we could get into that, there's more, there's paper costs, there's all sorts of other efficiencies that aren't mentioned here, but, you know, that gives us a, an, a, an overview of the customer portal that will be provided, uh, as well as the efficiencies that can be can be gained through this new, this upgraded system. And if you have any questions, happy to answer. Questions from the council? Just want to make sure everybody had a chance to look at the supplemental. Um, Councilmember Figueroa? 
Hi, Mark. Thank you for being here. Um, quick question. So if I'm a contractor, general contractor versus a homeowner, am I looking at the same? Is there a section for me if I'm a general contractor versus a homeowner, or is it the same website for both? Yeah, same same website. Same the website. Same website they, everybody okay. comes to the same website to submit just the same application that you would otherwise at the building and safety counter. Is there um, a part on the website where a general contractor could ask a structural question regarding um, the plan in terms of just something specific? Um, so there is a message board in their account that they can uh, post a question and immediately um, you know, alerts the permit tech who can then get that, get that answered for them. So there's a message board inside their account and it's a two way. So they, they can submit questions and we can respond back. Okay. Yeah, I think this is just going to be a great enhancement and just wanted to echo to what our city manager was saying about general contractors and, and what they think about dealing with our city and it's always very, very positive. So this is just going to take it to another, another level in terms of service, you know, reduce phone calls like you were talking about, trips here. Um, I think contractors are going to really be just so happy to see this. So um, I'm excited for it. Thank you. Much question. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, sir. I'll, I'll tell you a fun story, Mark. Thank you for you waiting, staying through this meeting. You got to see a little bit of everything tonight, didn't you? So, on my Mark, you'll find this fun, but on my last project, we had um, over 15,000 sheets of drawings. And when we took it to the city to kick it off, I asked them how they were going to handle plan checks, and they were very proud. They had a big red stamp pad and rubber stamp. And I said, well, we're going to have 15,000 sheets of drawings. And I thought the man was going to have a heart attack sitting there. So we had to get that city onto an electronic plan check platform um, to do this. And, and it was extremely expensive. And ultimately, that was the choice of that city, the program, and the, the system that they used. But it came with so many unnecessary modules that it became, it, it just became so cumbersome to use that half of the employees stopped using it. So, you know, the whole thing became a nightmare. I like the fact um, that this includes modules that are really only, you know, applicable and appropriate to us. Um, and I, I agree with Councilmember Figueroa. I think the community, both the, both the uh, residential community and the general contractors are just going to love this. Uh, we've been waiting for it, and, and I'm pretty excited to have this here tonight. So I'm happy to make a motion to approve. Second. Just before we vote, just one question. Um, in the recommendation, um, you explain why we're waiving competitive formal bidding. I would just think it's important just for the verbal record just to explain that again to anybody that might listen why why that's occurring. I agree with the, the what we're doing here and I'm all in favor of it, but just wanted to address that for a second. Sure. Sure. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, of, of course. So the uh, Rancho Santa Margarita Municipal Code um, allows for the waiver of the competitive bidding process when uh, certain conditions are met, when a service is uniquely suitable and or when a unique situation exists. And so we have explained in the staff report the uniqueness of this product with respect to our particular systems and with the other systems out there, as Councilmember Gamble mentioned, they, they're they very one-size-fits-all. Mm -hmm. This is a very tailored system, um, and so we are able to make three of the findings, uh, more than one, which 
would be the minimum. Right. We can make three of the findings to waive the competitive bidding process in this instance. Thank you very much. We had a motion. Uh, Mr. Mayor, just real quick, too. I just wanted to address any of our homeowners that are about to embark on a remodel that um, our city is in possession of quite a few of the original housing plans that were um, turned over by the county um, a certain number of years ago. We have most, not all, but your architect as well as your general contractor will absolutely love you if you're able to uh, turn those over to him prior to the start of the project. So I just wanted to let everybody know that. Thank you. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Item eight, public comments. This is the time to address the city council on any matter not listed on this agenda. That is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person. This segment of the public comments portion of the agenda shall not exceed a total of 15 minutes. Do we have any public comments? There are none. Thank you. Item 9, City Manager Report. I have nothing further this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Item 10, matters presented by Mayor and Council Members. 10-1, Committee Assignment Reports. Um, Foothill Eastern, Council Member Beal. Uh, thanks, Mr. Mayor. The highlight of our meeting was the TCA Board's approved an open market bond buyback program. And this is an initiative that calls for using unrestricted cash to purchase and retire bonds that investors have publicly offered to sell, as well as reaching out to uh, limited investors who may want to sell their bonds. It will allow the TCA to purchase bonds at very attractive prices, as well as pay off those bonds prior to the existing call dates so that we will be realizing some immediate savings, somewhat similar to our lengthy discussion <laughs> earlier tonight. We authorized up to $1 million per agency. The TCA has both the Foothill Eastern and the San Joaquin Hills. Each one has $1 million, $100 million authorized that could go within this program. And we will be receiving quarterly results on the progress of this program from our staff. So we're trying to save some money, retire those bonds early whenever possible. Thank you. Appreciate it. Item 10-2, council member reports and comments. To my right. Um, I know it's late. Um, I did want to circle back to the very beginning of our meeting and the public comments that came from uh, Kevin Shaw about the um, mass shooting that took place and the desire from our residents, at least this one and I'm sure others, to know that we are prepared in Rancho Santa Margarita, that we have been thinking about these things. And I know from my discussions with our police chief that we take this very seriously. We do preparation on a regular basis. And not to put you on the spot, chief, but if there's anything you would want to say about what has been done to ensure that we're prepared for any kind of an active shooter situation in our area, that might reassure some of our residents that are uneasy these days, and I was going to suggest you, if Mr. Shaw isn't listening at this moment, maybe somebody could reach out to him and let him know all that we have already done taking this into account. Um, thank you for giving me this opportunity, Mr. Mayor and members of the City Council. Um, OCSD staff members go through extensive training, and um, we take a multi-pronged 
approach of preparedness and proactivity when it comes to organizing events in um, venues outside or in churches or schools. Um, first, we train our staff to identify subjects that display any kind of indicators and um, or are at risk of displaying violent behavior. And we, um, as you may know, in uh, Orange County, we have a fusion center that is part of um, the fusion center network throughout the nation. And um, the Orange County is the only county in California that has its own fusion center. And it's um, a second highest producing uh, fusion center in the nation, only behind New York. And that is an all hazard, all it, uh, crimes investigation intelligence type of, of resource for us that assists us with, with uh, threat assessments to uh, venues, threat intelligence, uh, threat assessments to schools as well as churches. Um, we also uh, provide a lot of community outreach and engagement, and we also have open conversation with our community members, and we train them as well to become, to, to partner with us and say something, see, see something, say something type of approach. Um, so with that being said, the Sheriff's Department also has a protocol in place when we organize these events. And uh, we take into consideration the popularity of the event, the number of attendant, attendees, and um, um, and that's kind of how we we um, we provide the staffing for each event. Chief, I appreciate uh, that explanation. I know I didn't give you any heads up. Um, if somebody maybe just could follow up with Mr. Shaw, let him know um, that he could reach out to us directly. We can provide him any additional detail or answer any questions he might have. Uh, I'd appreciate it. And I just want to say thanks for all that you and the department do to keep our residents safe every day of the year. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, sir. Thank you. To my left. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to bring up briefly, following up in a way to Council Member Beal's comments <coughs> and questions. Um, there have been a lot of analyses regarding what city is the safest in California. We see them all the time. The most recent I should bring up um, deals with the safest cities with the best quality of life. And I should bring up the fact that based on federal, or excuse me, the FBI crime statistics, Cal uh, Rancho is number one. Uh, Danville has now fallen to number two. So yes. there we go. Yes. Um, yes. So yes. Uh, yes. I bring that up, and, and um, I think it really helped that we shipped some of the uh, uh, malcontents to Danville kind of worked out real well for us, but yeah. in any event, no, Rancho is <laughs> the, number the one. The van Danville's caravan we sent up there yeah, with, right. yeah, with the So with congratulations the to our, our residents, our businesses. Thank you very much, Chief, for all you do and the Orange County Sheriff's Department for keeping us safe and uh, stopping crime before it ever starts. So I appreciate that very much. We're very lucky to be living yeah. here, folks. Thank you. Yeah, you have real bragging rights, Chief. I've been begging for this for years, and here you are. You come along and make it happen. All right. Uh, I just want to do a little shout-out. Uh, one of the questions uh, that I get frequently in the community is, how do you become a firefighter? And that's because um, I sit on the board of OCFA, um, 
at the at the pleasure of my colleagues here. Uh, so today I spent some time uh, the afternoon in Fire Station 45 uh, with our very own Division Chief Shane Mall and Battalion Chief Levi Medina, who schooled me in how one could become a firefighter. And there's many different methods by which to do that. There, there's like a hundred different ways to do it. Uh, but now I feel uh, up to date and able to answer that question. I just wanted to give them a big shout out. It was informative. Uh, they were very prepared uh, for our meeting. Um, incredibly helpful and it was engaging. I appreciate appreciate those guys. And it's a shame that Shane's not here to hear that, but it needed to be said. Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. I want to add to the comments about the uh, this new number one ranking. It's it's a big big deal. And I hope that the men and women of the Sheriff's Department that work here for us know that. I, do they know that yet, do you think, or are those that work for you, Chief? No, sir, they don't yet. Okay. No, not yet. Oh. Well, we'll get something out there. Oh, thank you. It's, it's a huge deal, and, and to your, your things you were saying a few He's minutes sky ago. Skywriting it. There, there's a lot of saying. things that go into that, um, number one, those that are wear green every day and go out and put your lives on the line for us. And we do appreciate that and realize that. Um, all the way to the residents and business owners of this city that what you said earlier, they see something and they say something. It's such a team effort, but really obviously goes without saying it starts with the men and women of the Sheriff's Department. Um, yeah, we we're, we're gonna have more conversation about, you know, some more recognition for the folks that work for you every day. Um, but please tell them for us that we we see them, we know what they do. I, I was um, reading the paper in my house, look out the window, and the other day, and three sheriff's cars go by, and of course, in the quiet little community I live in, all the neighbors were running out, and um, whatever it was was taken care of in a matter of minutes, as as always. And uh, your response time is so great, and. Um, Obviously, you followed in the footsteps of some tremendous um, people before you, but boy, have you really took it to a different level. Sergeant, thank you for what you do. Uh, thank you for being there tonight when uh, <laughs> we needed you. Um, can't say enough, but we'll, we'll stop for now, but we'll try to get some recognition out to your men and women. And do we have a message for Danville? <laughs> no. <laughs> just, just checking. They haven't called yet, have Yeah, okay. Okay. Okay, uh, the next regular meeting of the City Council will be held on Wednesday, February 8th at 7 p.m. right here in the City Council Chambers meeting adjourned.